Man Up, a program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. And now, it's time to Man Up. Welcome to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting on the Iowa Catholic Radio Network. I am Joe Stopulis, and today I am very excited to be joined by Brig Sorbor. He is the founder, president, CEO. He had many titles at Two Men in a Truck, and I had the opportunity recently to hear him speak, and I went up right afterwards and said, I've got to have you on the show. That was awesome. So I'll give you a little more information in a bit. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and the snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You are going to want to stick around for this. Brig came and spoke at my Rotary Club, and he was actually there talking mostly just about business, how he built his business um, from the ground up, started with literally two men in a truck, and it became this this nationwide, probably worldwide enterprise, um, and just grew it and grew it and grew it. And that in and of itself, for me as a, a guy who loves hearing about business, was super fascinating. But there's a part in his story where he understands that his life was no longer about him, that all of the success that he had in business uh, meant nothing, um, couldn't fill him up. He needed God to do that. He needed God to fill him up. And it was, uh, it, he is on fire. And you'll hear it in the interview, uh, Brig, is, Brig realizes what's important in life. He realizes that no amount of wealth or honor can 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 fill what God has created inside of you. And and the way he tells the story, um, it was awesome. And so, again, I, I'm excited to have him on. I'm excited that he uh, agreed to do this because I think his story is, is so pertinent to our time, uh, so pertinent, and I think all of us can, can relate in some way, shape, or form to his story. So stick around. We'll head to a short break, and we'll be right back. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Dr. David Ball from Des Moines Eye Surgeons, your total eye care specialist specializing in cataracts and glaucoma care. Des Moines Eye Surgeons, 515-255-3546, dmisurgeons.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Intervisions Healthcare, empowering men and women to make the most informed, life-affirming decisions for themselves and their families. Learn more at IVHcare.org, IVHcare.org. Thank you, Intervisions Healthcare, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry. Sarah is an apostolate dedicated to the support of new and existing vocations to the priesthood and consecrated life. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Construction Professionals. Construction Professionals does remodeling and new construction. Construction Professionals is a Catholic family business built on a strong foundation. cpcustomhomes.com. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. My Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am so excited today to be joined by Briggs Sorber. He was the founder, one of the founding members, uh, and eventual president and CEO of Two Men and a Truck. And I had the absolute pleasure of having Briggs speak to uh, my Rotary Club about a month ago. And this guy is on fire for the Lord. And he built an incredible business, and I am so excited to have Brig join me today. Uh, and we're just going to kill it, Brig. Ready? Absolutely, Joe. It was a, <laughs> it was an honor to speak at your Rotary at like 
six in the morning. Your whole group was fired up. I got off on the energy on that. And, <laughs> and I spoke you're, at the unconventional business network uh, the day before. So uh, just love that area. Make a plug for that real quick. Make a plug for that. The unconventional. Yeah. Business. The, the unconventional, unconventional business network is a group of um, Christian based businesses and bringing Christ uh, into the workplace and uh, just a lot of different um, businesses gathered together, sharing their stories and different ways of bringing Christ into the work workplace. And the energy there was unbelievable. It's the yeah. first time I spoke for that group and they've got forums all over the country. Uh, very well, very well organized uh, group. And it was an absolute honor to be there. Yeah. Well, and so we were lucky enough Then you piggyback and, and jumped into the Rotary Club the next day. And so I'm not going to lie to you. So you, you know, it's the 7 a.m. meeting. I got five kids now. I don't make all of them. And so sometimes a speaker um, can can get me excited. Well, I, did, I didn't know who you were. I didn't know that at some point you were going to be dropping God bombs on people in the middle of it. Had I known, <laughs> I would have surely been there. Um, but that said, you, you know, I, I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting enough. I, you know, two men in the truck. I know it well enough. And this would be cool. And lo and behold, I get there and you are a firecracker. And it was the, I mean, it was the best speaker we've had in a long, long time. So I'm so excited. And I, I harassed you afterwards. I'm like, you, A, you need to do this for a living, the speaking gig in the Catholic world. And then B, I got to have you on my show because it was just, it was so awesome. And so I want to rehash, you know, maybe over the course of a, an episode or two here, your life story. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lot going on to it from just, I think you represent so much to me of the American dream uh, of, of what you can do with hard work and dedication. But then also you represent this very uh, St. Augustine-like discovery of God throughout your life and then turning your life over to him. And so there's so much to cover. And I think we're, we're going to learn a lot from it. So let's, let's just start at the beginning, you know, give us a, a, a rough background of how you grew up. You know, here's a, a guy who was eventual president and CEO of a giant company. Talk to us about how you, how you grew up uh, and what you think is pertinent for us to know about that. Yeah, really quick. <clears throat> I came from a blue collar family. Uh, we did not have God in our family, but it was a good family. My uh, mom and dad worked hard, worked us out of the, out of blue collar up to the upper middle class uh, before they divorced you know, and, and church was not a big part of our lives. I probably went just a handful of times, um, went off to college, uh, lived the pagan college life uh, as a at Northern Michigan University as, as a um, as a rugby player. I played there and uh, we partied and did all kinds of things. And um, I don't know, it's just more like life was fun. And uh, I met my wife, Fran. Uh, Fran is an, what we call a youper. Uh, Born and raised in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Special, those are special people up there. It's a, it's oh, a man, awesome. class um, of folk. And she was number 12 out of 14 from a from a Catholic my, family. My um, uncle is one of 11 from the UP. So maybe they are all, maybe that's a thing. Up there. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> it could be. Um, you know, so I started going to mass with her on occasion and um, at, at school. And I started running into some of my rugby uh, brothers there. And I didn't know they went to church. But uh, just to kind of speed the story along, um, I got my wife pregnant in college. Um, I didn't really have any faith. Again, I was just this pagan guy. And she was like, she came to me and just said, you know what, Brig, I'm going to have this baby. You don't have to marry me. I'm going to be fine. Um, and I found out, Joe, I loved her even more because of that mm. gutsy, gritty UP attitude she had. And I just went, come on, let's just get married. You know, we're going to get married anyway. I pleaded with her. She married me. Uh, she took a huge risk because she not only raised our child, she raised me as well. Um, and 
And I'll tell you, it was it was a really tough go in the beginning. It was the right thing to do. I think God smiled on it looking back, but it was it still doesn't mean it's not going to be hard, you know. And so we just grounded out. We lived hand to hand to mouth for for several years. Um, and my goal, Joe, is just to make money. I, I have got to make money. Money to me was freedom. Um, uh, you know, our, our baby was basically a welfare baby. We didn't have any money and I didn't want to live like that. I was always a hard worker when I was a kid. And the, I, the, the, the fear of being poor drove me uh, to make money. Uh, in Two Men in a Truck uh, was an avenue for doing that. Uh, we built, my family and I uh, built Two Men in a Truck. My mom franchised it. Fran and I got a franchise up in Marquette, Michigan. Worked that really hard. You're, you're rolling way too fast. There's so much good stuff here. You're still oh, no, no, no. You're still I got so, so much, much good stuff. No, I got so much good stuff to give you yet. I just want to get through <laughs> that part of it um, because I, I want I want your listeners to understand this point is that I was just working so hard to get there. And then my sister and my mom were running the two men in a truck uh, franchise system and asked me to move back downstate to Lansing, Michigan to help. And and when we moved back, Joe, is when I really felt like we made it. I mean, we bought a brick ranch house. Um, it had a swimming pool, an in-ground swimming pool. I really felt like, oh my gosh, I finally made it. I'm finally wealthy. Um, I went out and bought an, an Audi A4 car because I thought it was a sophisticated car. You know, um, I really felt I was there. I um, I wanted to join a country club where I could rub elbows with other rich guys, you know, and tell war stories about our businesses. And I don't know. I just I really I just didn't know how to act, but I thought I'm going to try. Um, I went out and bought a um, a, a CD of uh, Frank Sinatra to play in my car because I thought it was a sophisticated sound. <laughs> I didn't even listen to Frank Sinatra, but I thought that's what wealthy guys do. <laughs> I, I went out and bought a bottle of uh, Johnny Walker Black because I thought, you know, scotch is, is a sophisticated drink. And uh, so and you'll get a kick out of this, Joe. So one day, Fran's off with the kids and, you know, we're doing everything is going great in our lives. I mean, we were Two Minute Truck was featured on the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, we were on TV. You know, I was getting accolades from friends and from my, from high school and from college that were watching that. And um, my kids were doing great in their new schools and, and making the sports teams. So everything was really, really good. And then Fran and the kids were gone one evening. So I cleaned the pool, mowed the lawn. Everything was perfect. And I went, I think now's the time to have that first scotch on the rocks and a cigar and just to you know, just to toast my success. And I'm not BSing here. This is all, this all really happened. And I'm sitting in my backyard and I take one hit of that scotch. I don't know how many of your listeners are scotch drinkers. Um, yeah, it's funny I when, I talk, I, when I, I talk, with, when I talk with the goddess groups and Catholic crowds, I get hands all over the place. I'm speaking <laughs> in the Bible belt. Nobody raises their hand. Yeah, I don't know if you're, if your listeners know that you raised your hand immediately. Um, <laughs> anyway, it was just, the taste of it just, I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. I poured it out on my lawn thinking, oh, this is going to kill my grass. And I thought, you know, I just get a new drink. I'll just, I'll drink pink squirrels. I mean, what difference does it make? I'm still a success. And I smoked my cigar and I just thought it's going to take a while to get used to this way of life. And I'm going to tell you, Joe, about two days after that, no, it was the next day I woke up with a pit in my stomach and I couldn't figure out why am I feeling this way? I mean, it was it was despair is what it was. And I just thought, well, it'll go away eventually. And it, and it didn't, it stayed with me. And I, 
and think about it, Joe, if you had everything in your life, your kids are happy, your wife is happy, you finally have money, you're not living hand to mouth anymore. Uh, your business is growing leaps and bounds. Um, you're getting all kinds of earthly personal accolades. Um, why am I feeling like this? I mean, it made absolutely no sense. And, you know, I told my wife, I came in one day and I went, I think I've got cancer. She's like, oh my God, what's wrong? What happened? And I went, I don't know. I said, how else could you explain this feeling? And she just rolled her eyes and went, you're an idiot. And so she, <laughs> she made me a, she made me a doctor's appointment. And I, I went to see a doctor and he gave me a physical and he's just like, Nah, you're in really good health. He goes, but you know what the problem is, is guys your age uh, typically get depressed. And he simply gave me a a prescription for depression. And depression's a real deal. It's a real thing. So I'm not making light of it, but I'm going, I don't think so, man. I mean, I was really happy up until that point. So I, how, how old are you at that point? Uh, probably 33, 32, okay. 33 yeah, years yeah, cool. old. Yeah, good. And I was just like, I, it doesn't make any sense. And um, so I pocketed the prescription and, and I told Fran, I'm not going to do this because it's just going to mask. I got to get to the bottom of it. Why am I feeling like this? And she goes, you know what? You have not worked out since we moved back down to Lansing. Why don't you work out? And I went, you know, you're probably right. And I went down in the basement, got on my workout bench. I got ready to lift the bar. And Joe, my hands fell off the bar over my face, and I just started man sobbing. I mean, it wasn't man pouting, it was just sobbing. It was like I hit the end. It was like, God, everything I prayed for, you've given me more. And what it what dawned on me was a lot of times when people find Christ, they find him when they're in great despair. But for me, I would just, I don't know if it's low self-esteem or what, but I would just blame myself or somebody else. And I would just keep working harder at it. I think what God did was let's just give him everything he wants. Let's give him everything he wants. <laughs> Tell me how that works out for you. And that's really what happened. And so the next day, I mean, I cleaned up my face because I didn't want to look like a mess walking back upstairs and seeing Fran. And I went to work the next day. I turn on the, the computer. I was checking the news before I went into my, my emails and there was this little blurb about the Left Behind series of books by Tim LaHaye. I don't know if you've oh, heard wow, of those. Yeah. And I went, oh, that caught my attention, dude. It was like, because I always needed to be validated. It's like, well, I would go to heaven. I mean, I don't chase wimp broads around. I don't go to the bar. Um, I work hard. I coach my kids' teams. Fran and I give a ton of money to nonprofits. Um, I'm, I'm checking all the boxes. Of course I would go to heaven. So anyway, I bought these books. I bought the first book. And I was hooked on them. And the main reason I was hooked on them was because I got my mind off my despair. You know, if you're reading and it's like, mm-hmm. it's like if you could take ibuprofen to get rid of a, of, of a sign or a, a migraine headache, wouldn't you do it? And so I started reading these books, I got my mind off my despair. And then it started talking about the Bible. And I went, I wonder if this is BS or not. I mean, they're just, they keep quoting the Bible. So I blew the dust off an old Bible. I worked hard and I found the different quotes that they were quoting on the Left Behind series. And they weren't word for word, but they were really close. And so I thought to myself, maybe I should be reading this instead of, and and so what I started doing is I started reading the Left Behind series at night before bed. And then I was coming into work a half hour and I'd pray for 10 minutes just to help God. I am so intimidated to read this thing. I don't even know what it says in here. And So I got into this rhythm of reading the Bible in the morning before work and then that left behind series at night. 
And over months, that despair slowly left me. If it went away really fast, God knows me. I just jump right back to where I was. Uh, so it was really slow. And then what I started to realize was I really don't have a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And so I went back to my workout bench and I prayed for Christ to come into my life. And Joe, I didn't even know how to pray this because, you know, I just hadn't ever been to church. I said, look, Lord, I'm not the sharpest tool in your spiritual shed here. Uh, I'm trying to reach out to you. I don't know what this looks like. This prayer is just between you and I. And it really felt good. It wasn't like a bunch of, I got hit with pixie dust and my life got really good. Um, it's kind of like when you work out after the first time that you work out the next day, you're weaker, right? You're more sore than what you were when you weren't working out. And it's the same thing with your faith. So you have to stay with it. Pretty soon, God started laying out a lot of um, uh, just books and Christian people. But most importantly was the Bible. And so I started getting into that. And it, over time, it changed my life. And then I'm going to tell you this next part. And then it, it can roll into maybe some more questions from you. But um, it was about this time that the, re the recession hit in 2008 that I took the role as president and then president and CEO when it was hitting the fan. And um, our business grew, just grew like crazy. We outgrew ourselves. And so our business was in a, in a, in a world of hurt. And, um, and I, I wrote a book about this, Joe. Maybe we'll talk about it. But I go into a lot more detail in my book, um, that Moving Forward book. Um, I went into great detail how I brought this into the business. And I just went, God, you changed my life. Can you change what are we going to do in your moving business today? And I'm, I'm, you talk about the unconventional, unconventional business network. The way that we brought two men in a truck through the recession was very unconventional, but it was following, uh, uh, it was following Christ. It was following prayer. Uh, we, we did some pretty crazy things that a lot of businesses would not do. Uh, we ended up growing our business towards the tail end of the recession. And it was absolutely amazing uh, when you let go. And if any of your Catholic listeners were listening to today, <clears throat> September 1st, uh, or no, I think it was yesterday. No, it's today. Uh, the, the Catholic readings today about trusting God, letting him in your boat and just having him drop your nets down. I think those are the readings today was exactly what happened in this business. Cause you have to understand something. Uh, I was a geography major from Northern Michigan University. Uh, urban planning and land use regulation. Um, I asked people, do you know what that is? And they go, no. And I go, neither did I. And I graduated. <laughs> um, but I would take God over any degree, anytime. And we, this is a multi-million dollar business uh, run by me and, and several very smarter people than me, but uh, led by me, who's led by God um, that led this business. And um, it's just an amazing thing. And that's what, you know, not to keep plugging the book, but just to go into a little bit of a deeper dive for your listeners of what that looks like day to day. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, I do want to dive into a lot of this stuff because there's a lot to cover here. Specifically, I'm curious on the response. We got about three minutes left uh, and we're definitely going to do another one of these. Uh, but, you know, what was what was the reaction of of your coworkers and your friends as you started chewing more and more on the Bible and turning your life more towards God. Did they notice like, oh, yeah, you know, I mean, oh yeah. I mean, I've got, 
uh, I've got a sharp tongue. And I got a, I, I can I can vouch for that by the by your uh, your presentation at the Rotary Club. It was pretty great. <laughs> I got and, you know, and, and God's still working on me on that. Uh, but they they saw a softening of that. Um, I think they also saw um, me uh, being uh, maybe showing more grace in, in more places. And when when you put bring Christ into the business, I think people picture Jesus with a lamb wrapped around his shoulders, walking around the countryside, telling people to be nice. That's not the Jesus that com comes into your office. Um, he will show you uh, truth um, and he will. And it, it just and so I was. I still had to be a hard driver in the business, but I gave people um, more grace um, in more situations. Instead of maybe pounding on people, it was more like, how can I help you be better? Um, how can I, am I not giving you the tools that you need? And coming in that way, as opposed to, why are you doing this? It's more like, what help do you need? And I'm not saying it worked every time, but it worked 80% of the time. And then all of a sudden people went, wow, he believes in me. He's given me a chance. He's given me more rope. And then they realized too, I mean, I brought, uh, I brought a Bible study into two men in a truck. Um, we put the, we had the 10 commandments on a, on a board um, in our office. And when we added onto our office, I had a employee say, Brigger, you're going to keep the Ten Commandments in the in the foyer, and I said no. And he's like, that's really disappointing. And I said, well, it's because it's going in stone in the building by the front door with lights on it. And he's like, oh man, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's like it's not there for a political to show some make a political point. It's there that these are the the rules that we abide by or we try to abide by them. And um, and I found out, too, in our office, we had a lot of Christians in the office, not just Catholics, but a lot of yeah. Christians. Um, you know, we had um, we had gay and we had lesbian uh, employees, but God loves them as well. And you just show that you're not beating people with a Jesus stick. You know and I mean, you're loving people love and, and you're showing people that. Wow. And there's people that would come to my office, you know, years later, it wasn't like a week, but tell me more about how you manage. Tell me more about your life. Tell me more about how you've changed. And I think that's what you do. You don't stick the, you know, the little fish sticker on the back of your car. Uh, you don't look, you know, the, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, what would Jesus do things? It's like, show it by the way you live your life. Um, 100%. I, I think that's, I think, and I want to get into this, we're going to have to hit a break and then do this again next week. But I think that's to me is one of the coolest things about your story is your ability to lead, um, not have a hand, not from a heavy handed way, but, you would you truly loved your employees, right? You didn't need to tell them you loved them. Uh, Absolutely, you just looked out for the best interest in a very Christ-like way, and I think that's so attractive. And so, in the next, when we get together next week, I want to talk about the evangelization, how you did it within the workplace while allowing people to live their best life. And I thought that was a really cool thing. So, just to sum up this episode, Brick comes from nothing, fills everything in his life with this, you know, trying to do accomplishments, money, and all those other things realizes one day that after he'd gotten everything and it was supposed to be perfect, he's not, it's not perfect until he filled that God-sized hole in his heart with God. And I think it's, it's such a cool story that we hear about it, but to have you sitting in the seat that you're sitting in, being able to articulate it is so powerful. So we're going to head to a break. Uh, I'll, I'll wrap up this episode break, but then we'll have you on next week to talk about part two. Sound good? Fantastic. Thanks, Joe.
All right. Thanks, Brig. Hello, this is Steve Ray, Jerusalem Jones. Join me in Iowa Catholic Radio on the journey of a lifetime with our Footprints of God pilgrimage to the Holy Land, November 11th through the 20th, 2023. We'll visit the Church of Nativity where Jesus was born. Nazareth, where he grew up, and the spot where he performed his first public miracle, the Wedding Church of Cana, where couples will also have an opportunity for the renewal of wedding vows. Full itinerary and pricing details at iowacatholicradio.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarah strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, joinserra.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. My thanks to Brig Sorber for that interview. Uh, excited to have him on again next week. We got there's so much more to cover. Uh, I mean, I, I told him early on we might be able to do this for a series of multiple multiple episodes because I mean, frankly, it's too important. You know, Bishop Barron so often hits on these on these themes um, about the ego drama, the theo drama, and how you know, so many people in the world today. Are, are infatuated with this idea of themselves um, and what it's all about me, 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 me. But it's until you step outside of yourself and see your role in God's salvation plan, until you can realize that your life is not about you, you're, you're always playing in this ego drama. And, and Brig just personifies that so well. Uh, here's a guy who was the self-made man. He was a guy who from – Literally nothing. I mean, they had nothing. Uh, he built this this empire, and even has almost a kind of a soul like moment where he he understands for the first time that there's there's only so much money can buy, and it can't buy true happiness. And where, where real happiness comes is is through the Lord. And you just see this trans, transformation in his life, in the in the way that now he's going out and publicly speaking uh, to business groups about business, and he can't stop. He can't stop but tell people about the difference that God's made in his life. And that's, that is what his, his message ends up being, uh, more so than how to build a good business. It's more, more than that. It's, it's how, to, uh, how to have a good life. And there's so much more, and we'll thank, I'm appreciative that he's going to come back next week because there is a lot more to cover. So uh, stick around next week. Join me uh, as I finish up, at least try to finish up what we can uh, in, in talking about Briggs' story of, of understanding the importance of God in your life, no matter where you are. So thanks for joining me today on Man Up on Iowa Catholic Radio. I am Joe Stopulis. It's time to man up. Man Up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness. 